podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast series dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. Ta-da! You know, I just thought about something, uh, and I should have done this before I started recording. I need to download the audience applause on my phone so I can get the applause. You want to know why? I deserve it. That's why. That's me right there. That's fucking awesome. Oh, man. All right. I am your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the one, the only, Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam Tam. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I told him I was going to do that, and now I'm doing it. <laughs> only put, because he irritated me earlier today, so you know. I'm going to, if you remind me, I'll, or you got all the sound bites, just fucking send it to the folder. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll find one, and I'll yeah. send it to you. That works. All right. We got to make yeah. this one short and sweet because it, it we shouldn't a big be day. that long. It's, it's only about three pages. And basically, it's a, just a discussion, kind of. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. So, this is the I 70 Strangler. It's a Who Done It Wednesday. Right, right. Okay. And first thing I need to say is this is, also, this is a case that I told you about when um, I talked about Herb Bowmeister last Friday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I featured him first. Uh, because I wanted it to make sense when I get to the end of the presentation. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Now, also, I need to make a clarification here. The I-70 Strangler case should not be confused with the I-70 Killer case. Yes, both happen along the same stretches of highway in the Midwest, but they were at different times with dick, vi- different victimology. You almost said dick. I did. <laughs> Never fear. We will also feature the I-70 killer case on another whodunit Wednesday, as it, too, is an unsolved case. However, that being said, the I-70 strangler case is the nickname given to a string of yet-to-be-identified yet serial killer or killers who targeted and killed a total of 12 homosexual males in the states of Indiana and Ohio. The unsub in this case was active between June of 1980 and October of 1991 and chose to dump their victims near I-70. Though this case is unsolved, some hold the last suspect I will discuss in this case as the true perpetrator. And although it hasn't been solved, they have, officially, uh, they have unofficially closed the case. But let me present you with the case and you decide if they're right. You ever think that some of the strangulation cases that we look at is just a case of like autoerotic asphyxiation gone some wrong? Some of them, yes. And I'm presenting a case like maybe on the dude doesn't, Thursday. doesn't know his own strength. Like right. his boyfriend or girlfriend or Could she, be. whatever but he's doing. You know, when they're finding their half-naked bodies on the side of a highway, I don't think that. Well, maybe he's panicking. Maybe, maybe his boyfriend's looking over his shoulder and going... Choke me, stud muff. He's all, okay, but he's got like maybe Hulk hands or something. And then all of a sudden, he goes, Hulk smash. Oh, no, this one died, too. There's the fourth one this weekend. He's like chucking him. Like, God damn, I don't know why like this Like Hulk just chucking him? Yeah, just chucking him. <laughs> well, back to I-70, I go. I got to fucking chuck this one because they don't fit in the garbage can. And they won't fit down the garbage disposal. You know what? Stop it. Anyway, I'm just throwing out my no. I want I want you to decide at the end of the right because I kind of get on my soapbox a little bit, and you know it takes a lot for me to do that. You Sing get on sister. your soapbox more than I get on mine. I'm on a soapbox quite a bit because a lot of things truly piss me off. Yeah, well, this one's going to too. Oh, sweet okay. baby Jesus! Let's so, do her. The, let's talk about the murders for a minute here. 
Okay, the killer in this case chose his victims from the young boys and adolescents that he would meet at the gay bars and other similar establishments centered around a four-block radius in downtown Indianapolis. Pause just for a second because I have a question. We define young boys. like is, Are they letting like 10-year-olds in there or something? No. Or are we talking like 18 and up? No. 21 and up? No. They're letting 15-year-olds in there? 14. But it I'm says, no, it says in the gay bar, in and around the gay bars. Gotcha. Okay, because in my no, head. No, they're not getting in, but I'll explain here in a minute. Because as I said, it's Chamala Station. No. And that's, that's bullshit. I, it, no, okay. it's in and around the gay bars, but I will explain here in a minute. Um, in each case, the victims would later be discovered either fully or partially nude and strangled to death somewhere near I-70. Hulk smash. Yeah. Often in rivers, streams, and other and ditches in the rural countryside where I-70 runs. Right. I've been up and down okay. I-70. There would be a total of 12 victims, and they are as follows. Okay? Michael Petrie was 15. He was reported missing on June 7th. Of 1980, yet even after he was reported missing, witnesses reported seeing him in various parts of the city riding in a stranger's car. I could find no description of the car, so I don't know if one was given. And despite being only being 15 years old, Michael was a known male prostitute in the area, and he would often spend his time hanging outside of the gay bar. Okay. Okay. I was almost pissed. I thought this was a normal kid. But the kid's 15, he's hooking, he's already got a ton yeah. of problems. His naked body was discovered in Hamilton County, Indiana, on a rural stretch of the interstate, and it was determined that he had been strangled, okay? And autopsy results showed that there were no traces of drugs or alcohol found in his system. What year is this, by the way? This was 1980. Okay, so we're in the 80s. Yeah, first one started in June of 80, and then it goes through 91. So we're in the land of Michael Jackson and parachute pants and can't touch so this. We are very in and, that era, yes. And, uh, and, and, yeah. Beat it! Anyways. That's me almost every night. Uh, that's a different story. Okay, so Maurice Taylor's 23. I need you to pay attention to these ages here. I am paying attention. No, I'm, I mean, this time you are. I'm glad. But no, seriously, I want everybody <laughs> to pay attention to the ages, okay? Because I'm going to bring something up at the end that will probably rock your fucking boat. Is it beat it? No. Anyways. <laughs> and it's not whip it either. Oh Maurice God, yes. Taylor. Were you going to say that? I was. I was going to whip it. Whip <laughs> yeah, it no. Good. Maurice Taylor, age 23. He, Maurice's case, case is one of the especially tragic ones. He was never actually reported missing because his mother was detained in a mental hospital. So she was not able to file a missing persons report for him. He oh, was a known vagrant from the area who was said to live in the boiler room of a local Indianapolis apartment complex. And since he had financial difficulties, he would often offer his sexual services at the gay bars around town. So not only is he dead, his life wasn't that great to begin with. Right. And it gets a little worse. His topless decomposing body was discovered in July of 82 in the weasel in weasel Creek, which is located in rural Hamilton County. Due to the stages of decomp his body was in, his cause of death was not definitively established. However, officials suspect he was also strangled. Strangled. His case is even more tragic when you consider that he remained unidentified for eight additional months after his body was located because his mother couldn't get out of the mental institute to identify him. Well, wait a minute. Even with extreme decomp, the, if he was strangled, wouldn't that crush the hiatal bone? If it wasn't, uh, if it was an in-stream decomp and the animals had already started getting to it, maybe oh, no, not. Okay, no, I can see that. Yeah, because they they're they're going to destroy yeah, in and June, scatter. Well, yeah, because this was in 
June, I believe. You know, July of 82. So that's heavy animal and activity. In and the it's Midwest. hot. Yeah. And it's summer. Okay, no, I'm digging. Yeah. Okay, so next one is Delvoid Lee Baker. He's 14. Delvoid was an eighth grader whose body was found semi-clothed near, near a river in Hamilton County. After his body was discovered and they were investigating his death, authorities found several witnesses who claimed they saw him on the evening of October 2nd, 1982, in downtown Indianapolis. The witnesses, witnesses say that they saw him getting into a blue van that was being driven by a younger white male that had a bushy mustache. It's always a van. It's and it's always, always a, a bushy mustache. Right. You know, except this time here, it's blue. It's not. I saw him get into a white panel van, which is the, that's, I swear to God. And, and actually, st- statistically, this is accurate, and it always has been. The main description they have of any vehicle, the kid could have been abducted in a Cadillac. Yes. That was bright yellow. Mm-hmm. With Snoopy on the hood, <laughs> with a big sign that says, I'm abducting this child. And mm-hmm. most people will say, I saw him in a white panel van. Yeah, especially if it's a child that's abducted. Yeah, every time. It's a white, yeah. it's, it's a white Chimo van is what it yeah. is. Yeah. So um, when investigators interviewed his parents, they said he left the house riding his bicycle going towards city center on the evening he disappeared. They claimed he, he, that they claim he called them at home around 10.30 p.m. to let them know that he would be late since he wanted to go see a movie. They said that this statement concerned them as they were not aware that he had any money on him. A 16-year-old unidentified friend of his later admitted that he and Delvoid had spent their last three months prior to that prostituting themselves in the area for anywhere from $20 to $23 per night. And since he was the youngest and only black victim, his murder was considered unrelated for some and also still is, according to some officials. I still... This one bothers me only because I... It's your fault, by the way. Why is it my fault? Let me tell you why the hell it's your fault. You talk about this kid, he called his family. Okay, this one here, he's not sucking dick for a living. He's a kid. This one's going to be pretty tragic and what have not. And what do you do? You turn around. He was a prostitute, too. Why do you do that to me? I'm giving you the facts as I know them, ma'am. I had a lot. Just the facts, ma'am. Sir. (laughs) Sir, you need to calm down, okay? You're at a 10 right now. You know what? Security. You know what? I'm never going to tell you any other stories about my life ever again. Tammy. I know. You love me. I love you. I know. <laughs> it's all good. Okay, so next one is my, victim four, Michael Andrew Riley, age 22. Michael was last seen on May 28, 1983, after he would visit the Vogue Theater, although some witness reports claim that he, they saw him at the Broad Ripple. Not nipple, Ripple. I won't sing it, but you know a song comes to mind, don't you? Uh-uh. Come on, Vogue. Madonna. Oh, let yeah. your body move to the music. Yeah, you said you wouldn't sing it, and you sang it. I can't help it, man. I got Madonna songs in my head from my past fucking girlfriends. Yeah, both of which were gay movie houses in Indianapolis. Witness report, witnesses report seeing him leaving with an unknown male. His completely new body was discovered on June 5th. So he was gone for a good week in a ditch in Hancock County, which is just southeast of Greenfield. Michael's autopsy was able to determine that he had, in fact, been strangled, most likely with a towel or some sort of similar fabric. Okay, cool. Let's see. Okay. Let me see now. Yeah. Eric Rocker, age 17. Eric disappeared on May 7th, 1985. His parents reported that he was supposed to be going to interviews for a summer job on that day, but he never arrived at any of them. Yes, he was a hooker, too. 
Although his friends and relatives adamantly denied he was a homosexual, although authorities later claimed that he had many friends and acquaintances that were known drug addicts or traffickers, but I'm at a loss as to how either of those two things could determine your sexuality you because know, that's how they, that's how they um, quantified it. Here's the thing, and you and I discussed this, I think it was earlier today yeah, and we maybe did. yesterday. As, even it, with the research that I'm doing, it seems like everybody brings up if somebody is gay... Like it is relevant to the fucking killing. Even if you're a gay guy killing other gay guys, you don't have to point out 50 times in an article, not you, but right. uh, the ones that we're reading or the research, you know, just a reminder that this guy was gay. Well, okay, you said that the first fucking time. Well, see, what I didn't like about this is his friends and family adamantly denied he was a homosexual, but authorities claimed that he had many friends and acquaintances that were drug addicts and traffickers. How does that quantify him being gay? No kidding, man. I'm an That's what I don't understand. I'm a junkie. Me too. That doesn't use anymore, just to let everybody know I've been clean for 19 years. But you know what I'm not? I'm not gay. That has right. nothing to do with my sexual preferences. Yeah, see, At that was my whole thing, all. too. You know, what, you know what being a junkie has to do with? Being a fucking junkie. Yeah. So witness reports also claimed to have seen Eric at a bus stop that morning, but they didn't see him get on a bus. Instead, he was seen accepting a ride from a car that was passing by. His body was discovered, discovered a couple days later near a stream in rural Preble County, Ohio, which is east of Lewisburg. His autopsy revealed he had a burn mark on his left shoulder and he had been strangled with some sort of rope. Okay, no okay. strangulation. Now, all of these people who are saying they're seeing him in cars, I have yet to find any of them that gave a description of that car. <laughs> I kind of noticed that. I was you know, I was you going did. to point that out to you a while ago, but I'm like, you know what, I'm going to say it before he does because, quite frankly, I'm pissed. Because I was sitting there waiting for you to go, but this time no. it was a uh, No, a and I'll explain Cadillac. the blue van thing in a minute. Yeah, Michael... Alan Glenn, age 29, is the next one. This is another tragic case. Since Michael lived alone in a trailer park outside of Indianapolis and had a job working as a handyman, the exact date of his disappearance was never truly determined. So he wasn't in a trailer park in Florida. Okay, no. well, that's, there's a bonus. What is known is that his body was found in a ditch near Eaton, Ohio, in August of 86. He was found only wearing a pair of underwear, and his autopsy revealed he was strangled to death since he had strangulation marks on his neck that were more than likely caused by some sort of rope. So this is a quick question, since we're, we're kind of talking about most of these guys, if not all, are, are gay. Yes. Were any of them sexually assaulted? It does not say they were. Okay, because... None of the autopsy reports I have seen, because there's some of them that I'll be posting... And none of the reports that I read said that they were sexually assaulted in any way. Because I, I always say it's in what you don't say. Right. And it's, to me, and I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, guys, just please send me an email and call me out. If someone's targeting gay men... Are you jumping ahead of me? Oh, I might. I'm just wondering okay. why the hell they weren't... I'm not saying they should have been sexually assaulted. No, no. But if somebody's targeting gay men... Why normally they're sexually assaulted you in some so, way, yeah. whether it's whether it's uh, by somebody who enjoys sexually assaulting other gay men and does it for the, the sexual pleasure um, with the death at the end. That's how they climax. We've right. seen a few of those or it's somebody who absolutely just hates gay guys, but will still violate them because of his deep hatred. And we've seen those. Yeah, it's a latent homosexuality. Let's call it what it is. Well, yeah, I just didn't want the I didn't want the gay community to go. Oh my god, you're such no. a fucking big, dude. I support you. Just trust me. I don't need you picketing. No. Please don't freaking picket. The midgets can picket all they want. That's hilarious <laughs> when they do that. 
pull-up signs bigger than them. Oh, yeah. I laugh every time. <laughs> Anywho. No. No, I see what you're saying, but don't jump ahead of me. Okay, sorry. No, you're fine. Michael Allen Glenn, 29. Okay, anyways... He was found, I, oh, I read that already. The even more tragic part of Michael's story is that he wouldn't be positive, positively identified for another three years after his body was discovered, and it was done with the help of fingerprinting. Jesus Christ, yeah. man. So, James Robbins, age 21. James was reported missing after last being seen on October 15, 1987, around 10 p.m. when he left his mother's house in Indianapolis to walk to the southern part of the city. His naked body was discovered two, late, two days later in a ditch in rural Shelby County, Indiana, which is on I-70 south of Gwenville. It is determined that his cause of death was also strangulation due to the marks found around his neck. Witnesses gave two very conflicting reports, and you and I talked about this earlier. The first claim that he saw a red Jeep renegade near the crime scene, which would be impossible since Jeep didn't launch the renegade model until the year 2015. Right. I remember you telling me that. The second claim that he saw a Chevy Blazer near the crime scene. I'm hesitant to believe either one, because even if the first guy saw a different model Jeep, people can generally tell the difference between a Jeep and another make. They are usually distinct in their size and shape. That's very true. Because you can usually walk outside and say, that is a Jeep. Whether you know it's a Jeep Patriot, Jeep Compass, or whatever, you know it's a fucking Jeep. Right, because outside of, and you actually corrected me, I thought it was the Liberty, but it's the Compass. The Compass is the only Jeep that has... that has the rounded back end. Right, and all other Jeeps are very... They're a box on wheels. Yes. Not quite a hearse like the fucking like the uh, Scions are, but... Oh, my God. Don't get me started on those goddamn (laughs) things. Those things are just... And the Cubes. Those things are actually roller skates is what they are. Yeah. No, but yeah, it just, it really bothered me that it said this because to me, that's just throwing the police off. Well, 100%, you know. Yeah. Um, but if why would they even say a renegade during that time period? Yeah. Because we're talking the 80s for a car that wasn't going to get released. That's why I said research. I know you did have me research it. And I mean, everything yeah, if there I was found, a pause of says specifically it was not released until 2015. Yeah, because like with the, uh, with the Ford Ranger, for example. Right. Um, they quit making them for, I think, a decade or something like that. Uh, can't remember when the last one was made. And then, I think it was last year or the year before, they reintroduced the right. the, the all-new uh, Ford Ranger. Yeah. Which is pimp. If you like mid-sized trucks. If you like Fords. Oh, my God. If you make fun of Fords, I will shoot you. They are... Tell me... Well, you tell me my truck's not fucking fantastically Your awesome. Your truck is nice. Yes, that's all it I'm saying. It is beyond nice. Whatever. I'm not in love with it like you are. But <laughs> I told her good night when I had to leave. Dude, I believe you, and I also believe that you would probably stroke it on your way in. You kind of like stroke her as you walk by say, ooh, baby, I love I you. I asked her to keep those two guitars that are in the back safe because I forgot. I, I, I knew I, I had to rush in and do this. Anyways. Okay, so Jean-Paul Talbot. No age was given on him. There was also no information that I could find about when he was reported missing or by whom. However, his body was found on, in May of 1989 after it had been dumped in a stream near Defiance County, Ohio. Defiance County. Don't we know some kids that need to be there? Oh, yeah. An autopsy determined he, had, he too, had been strangled to death. Normally now, they give a age range like a uh, he was between twenty five and yeah nothing uh, was given on him. Where? I can't even find pictures of him online. I found pictures of everybody else, but I cannot find him. So, next one: Stephen Elliott, age twenty six. 
It is unclear if and when Stephen was reported missing. However, his father would later tell the authorities that when Stephen came out as gay in 1979, he left the house and eventually developed an addiction to alcohol and turned to prostitution for income. Okay. Okay. Seeing a string here, but go ahead. Huh? I see. I see a string. Okay. What is known is what is known is that he was found wearing only a pair of underwear on August in August of '89 along I-70 near Preble County, Preble County, Ohio, and it was determined he too had been strangled, and it was presumed he was also strangled with some sort of rope. Okay. Okay. Clay Boatman, age 32. Clay was a licensed practical nurse and last seen in August of 1990 after he left his Richmond apartment on his way to our place, which is a local gay bar. I told you that there's an our place in my town, that too. And it's awesome. like, a, it's just a regular I want to just walk in, hole in the wall. Hi, guys. Whiskey. How's everybody doing? That's yeah. what I want to do at your place. But then I'd get shot. Yeah, no, rednecks. probably not. But I'm um, having a problem with the one you just mentioned, though. Oh, he's gay. I don't give it that. But he seems to be out of the age range. Oh, well, hold on. I, you know, I. Don't get ahead of me, Scott. I'm sorry. My brain processes Yeah, you quickly. have been told. We have talked about this. You will wait till the end. Fuck. Always okay. something. When I ask if you have any questions, then you can ask me questions. <laughs> yes, you speak miss- what's spoken to, young man. <laughs> yes, Miss Underwood. <laughs> when authorities interviewed his family, they denied the fact that he was a homosexual, despite his friends saying that he clearly was. He's going to gay bars, man. Yeah. His He's body would be found probably. by a group of children in a ditch near Eaton, Ohio, and an autopsy showed that he most likely had been strangled to death. Thomas Clevenger Jr., age 19. Thomas simply vanished without a trace at the end of August 1990. He grew up in an impoverished neighborhood of Indianapolis, and as a result of his tumultuous childhood, he turned to drinking and committing crimes at an early age. When he was only 14 years old, he stabbed the deputy headmaster at his school. And while he was still in school, due to his problems reading and writing, he was diagnosed with an intellectual disability. Although it doesn't say it, I'm going to assume it was probably dyslexia, considering the difficulty reading and writing. And with the acting out, I'd probably throw in there either your ODD, which is uh, defiance disorder, or maybe ADD. Maybe, because back then we were considered problem children. Right. So yeah. I, I would probably throw those two diagnoses yeah. in as well. So not long before he was murdered, in order to earn some money, he turned to prostitution and was known to frequent around uh, gay bars in the area. Okay, so... This is a fact that his mother and sister deny to this day, but his nearly naked body was discovered in an abandoned railroad track somewhere off I-70 near Greenville, Ohio. And although it does not say what his cause of death was, since they are linking it into this case, I'd assume it's strangulation. Okay? Last, Otto Gary Becker. Becker the Pecker? (laughs) Age 42. Otto's body was found dumped in a ditch right next to a gravel road in Henry County, Indiana, on October 17, 1971. When authorities were investigating his murder, they were able to locate several witnesses that claimed to have seen him in a vehicle with two other men earlier that same day. Apparently, the vehicle was driving north on I-70, and according to the witnesses, one of the men in the vehicle was holding Otto down while the other was driving. When the witnesses were shown mugshots of various criminals, they were unable to match any to the alleged men in the vehicle. Again, where's the description of the damn vehicle? That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying anything because I already got in trouble. <laughs> you did. Thank I'm you. going to demerit, probably be put in the corner. <laughs> probably. You know what? You want detention? Keep talking. Okay, next. No, Miss Underwood. Okay, I want to take a look at this investigation. 
Okay. In 1982, the Indianapolis Police Department launched an eight-man task force to investigate these crimes. When Riley's body was discovered in June of 1983, four more men were added to the list of potential victims. These men were Gary Davis, age 25, Dennis Brodsky, age 27, John Roach, age 21, and Daniel McNeve, age 22. Similar to the other victims, these men were also homosexual, known to frequent gay bars in the area, and they were killed in the Indianapolis area between August of 81 and May of 83. It was in 83 that the FBI was asked to join the task force, and their profile suggests that the unsub displayed volatile behavior while he committed these murders. And sometime near the end of the year, it was determined with the four added men that there was at least two different unsubs that were operating independently of one another and for this reason the four additional victims were removed from the original list okay now according to the fbi profilers we're going to take a look at both victim pools when you add the four in and when you take the four out okay according to fbi profilers the unsub who killed the four victims who who killed the four victims that were separate from this case was determined to be a white male between 30 to 20 to 30 years old. He would be employed as a low-skilled laborer, and he would lead a healthy lifestyle as, with a fondness of military paraphernalia. In his everyday life, he would express homophobic views when in actuality he himself would be secretly homosexual, and he would be committing the murders out of shame or self-hatred. Okay? Got me so far? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut yes, up. Yes, Miss Underwood. You know what? Knock it off. Okay, so the profile given for the victims of the I-70 Strangler were as follows. The unsub is a white male, approximately 45 years old. He's likely to be overweight and would hold a high-paying job and would be a well-respected member of the community. They concluded that this killer may be married, and if he was, he would not have an intimate relationship with his wife. And due to his attraction to adolescent boys and young men, this unsub likely feels shame and guilt that, in addition to possibly destroying his career and reputation, would result in a deep hatred and subsequent murder. I read that verbatim from the profile. Okay. okay? So, no added anything there. That's verbatim what the profiler said. Now, they had some suspects. Obviously, mm-hmm. the very first suspect they had in this case was a guy by the name of Duncan Patterson, who was 47 years old at the time. Patterson was a native of Florida. However, in the fall of 82, he got arrested on charges of statutory rape against young boys in Indianapolis. It was shortly after his arrest for the statutory rape charge that a friend of Delvoy claimed he saw the young boy get into Patterson's van. When authorities questioned him about this later, he said, yeah. I did. I picked him up. I paid him $20 to give me oral sex. He stated that they had sex in a hotel room, but he adamantly denied killing the boy. He said after they had sex, he dropped Delvoid off at the Indianapolis State Central Library, where he saw him get into another van. Another witness was able to corroborate his story, as they too saw Delvoid Lee Patterson's van walk up the library steps where he had a conversation with a man that he seemed to know. Then the two of them got into this other man's vehicle and left. Again, no description of the damn vehicle. I could not find anywhere. Oh, I just said that. <laughs> after, this, after this other witness came forward, authorities asked Patterson to take a polygraph test. He agreed to do so and passed the first time. Okay? So despite the fact that he was charged and convicted of child molestation charges, they stopped actively pursuing him as a suspect. Well, justifiably so. He's got an alibi. Right. Okay, next, they looked at a guy by the name of Augustus Gus Cato. Not Cato, Kalen, but Cato. 
<laughs> I wasn't even going to make that joke because that brings me into a bunch of O.J. Simpson jokes. Okay, well, I wanted to beat you to the punch, but there was a brief moment in, holy cow. In holy cow? Where's no, that I wrote at? some, I think it was 1984. Hold on, is that up in the Uper? I had 29834. I think my fingers just slipped. I just want to know if holy cow is up in the Uper. It might be, but we're in the wrong area here. <laughs> Other states got another state. When August Gus Cato, a resident of Carmel, Indiana, was detained by the authorities, he was brought in for questioning, but they quickly released him when they couldn't find any real evidence to link him to the crime at that time. Okay. Okay. Authorities then thought they had a more viable suspect when they started looking at a convicted serial killer named Larry Eiler, who we will feature in another show. <laughs> Eiler was found guilty for the murder of 21 adolescent boys and men and young men in both Indiana and Illinois. He was on death row at the time for the 86 murder of a, of a guy by the name, a six year old boy by the name of Daniel Bridges. However, when one, one dug deeper and took a look at the modus operandi of Eiler and the 70 strangler, there were obvious inconsistencies because Eiler like Eiler killed his victim with within a one year period and he used a knife to murder them. The I-70 stranger obviously strangled his victims over an 11-year period. However, both killers targeted the homosexual community, and they dumped their victims near a major interstate. And several of the I-70 strangler victims were discovered near the town of Richmond, where Eiler's mother lived. Authorities suggested he might have been linked to the case. Okay? Now, I don't want to get in further into him, because like I said, we'll feature him later. Um... But they kind of ruled he didn't have anything to do with this one. Now, the last one is Herb Baumeister. Oh, that name sounds familiar. Yes. In, in, 19, in, in 19, February 1998, two years after he committed suicide in Ontario, Canada in 1996. Remember that? Because uh-huh. the authorities were on his tail for the bodies that they found at his place. And so he went to Canada and shot himself. Okay. He ate a bullet. A witness contacted the authorities and claimed that it was Herb that was seen leaving the Vogue Theater with Michael Riley, one of the I-70 victims. As stated in last Friday's episode, Bullmeister was the prime suspect in at least seven murders between 93 and 95. Right. The remains of these victims were found on his property. He was named a prime suspect in the I-70 strangler case because the authorities surmised that he stopped dumping the bodies of his victims along the interstate when he purchased Fox Hollow Farm in 1991. And he was running out of room. So Hold on. No, no I will, I'm going to address all of this here in a minute. I'm going to get on my soapbox and I'm going to preach it. Okay. As of right now, August 2021, there have been no, absolutely no physical evidence that has linked Bomeister or any of the other suspects named above to this case. Ted Fleischicker, who was the editor-in-chief for a gay newspaper, had, had often stated that Bomeister was, in fact, never responsible for the I-70 Strangler killings. He has even gone so, so far as to accuse the authorities of police misconduct. He makes this claim, this claim simply because he feels... They made the announcement that Bowmeister was responsible for the murders as a convenient way to close the cases right before a municipal election, when in fact, by doing so, they are ignoring the fact that the killer or killers are still at large. Okay? Now, we are going to talk about, well, first I'm going to soapbox, then we're going to talk. Okay? Ready? I have some very yep. important things I would like to point out. The first thing is that I presented Bowmeister's case last Friday because I knew I wanted to present this case, and they have some sort of link. However, I wanted... 
make it known that I do not think that at any of the actual suspects that were named above had anything to do with this case. <laughs> with the exception of Eilers, he may have a link, but I think it's a peripheral link at most. That being said, here's why I don't think Bowmeister was involved. Okay? Okay. Obvious first reason is this. The last strangler victim was found in, ni- in October of 91. Okay? Authorities state that he stopped dumping the bodies on the interstate in 91 because he purchased Fox Hollow Farm. From all the information I could find, and I tried to pull up property records. You, you saw me this morning. Yep. I was on a hunt. Uh, yeah, you were. I the, wasn't going to stop you. I know. And, yeah, I mean, so now you've seen me. When I'm on a hunt, I don't <laughs> stop until I can't go any further. And from the, all the important information I could find, the Bowmeisters did purchase the property in 91. And although I couldn't find the exact month that was purchased, that it was purchased by them, in my presentation last Friday... Julie, his wife, made the comment that it was nice that the children could run around the property outside playing without worrying about getting injured by passing vehicles. That being said, I'm assuming they didn't purchase the property in the wintertime. Because if you've never experienced a Midwest winter, you (laughs) don't want to. They are absolutely freezing, and a child wouldn't really want to play outside in that weather. It's not like it is here where it snows a little bit, the kids can go build a snowman. To put it in perspective, I grew up in Iowa, right next door. To fucking Indiana. Which explains a lot. And the winters would get so cold that one winter, my brake disc got so frozen that when I moved my car the next morning, they snapped in two. Yeah. Oh, no. I've been in there. So a kid would not want to play. And I said, now that's fucking cold. Yeah. (laughs) No kid would want to play in that weather outside. Would they? No. Thank you. I've been there when it's been minus 30. Thank you. Okay. That's my first soapbox. My next argument to this is that although their marriage wasn't perfect, nobody's is. Their marriage didn't start to suffer until 1994, when the murders he was a prime suspect for started happening in 93. Okay? You know where the remains were found. You know where the remains were found on his property. So if you buy into the fact that he was killing men and boys as early as 80 to 91, and then started depositing the bodies on his property, why then would be, there be no victims from October 91 to 19, 1993 or 4? Because remember when the skeleton was found in 1994? Okay. Are you yawning and that's why you can't answer me? Did you hurt yourself? What'd you do? Fucking Charlie horse in my goddamn leg out of nowhere. Are you okay? It's, that's why I gave you the keep, keep rolling, keep rolling. Oh, I thought you were saying pointing down. No. Okay. So, anyways, where was I? Okay, so when he started... Okay, so um, why then would there be no victims from October of 91 to 1994 when they started finding remains on his property? Also, it was when the other set of men started disappearing and later their remains found beginning in 1994 that that his marriage started to go south. Before that... They were thriving as business owners. They were doing so well, they were able to open a second establishment in 1989 when a lot of the I-70 victims were being discovered. It's just not adding up in my head. Well, no, as a business owner myself, especially when you first opened the doors, um, you're busy. Yeah, you're and busy, he, they busy. said he was very active in the business. Right, right, right. And okay. was confirmed through that. So the final thing I'd like to address that makes me think that he is absolutely not, and I put all this in caps, absolutely not the killer in this case, is that of the other men that he allegedly murdered, 
I say allegedly because although the remains were found on his property, he committed suicide before he was charged. Therefore, there is no definitive proof that he actually killed him. And I have to say allegedly for legal legal purposes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for not getting us sued. The youngest victim there when those 1994 murders was 20 years old. I don't see how he could change his victimology so quickly to go from killing a victim as young as 14 years old to only killing men 20 to 46. I'm glad I didn't say that earlier. When you started talking about Bowmeister and you told me to shut up because that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. The victimology doesn't match yeah. up. Yeah. It, you know, like I said, it just doesn't make sense to me. There's no, there, these are two different demographics. Well, just like the guy who was in his 30s and the other one that was in his 40s. That's oh, not, I bring that up again, too. That's but not the right victimology for right. who they're looking for. Right. So, here are my questions for you. Now I will let you speak, son. Oh, thank you, Miss Underwood. Where's my apple? No, I don't like it. I don't like apples, but... Okay, here's my question for you. First one is, do you feel like they were on the right track with any of the suspects above? No. No, and let me tell you why. Boys and girls, this is called politics, okay? You're in an election year. You got the chief of police or the sheriff who's getting ready to be reelected. You need to close some cases. Hey, why not pin it on oh, Bowmeister? Yeah, because he's We've, dead. He's dead. He's an easy target. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, it really sounded to me like they were just kind of grabbing at straws. Well, what about this guy? Let's question him. Oh, right. okay, no, well, we can't hold him because there's not enough evidence. Okay, oh, 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 oh him, him. It's definitely him. Oh, no, we can't hold him. It's not yeah. enough him. That's what no, they with Eilers, I think he might have had a peripheral thing, but I can explain that in his one, but yeah. Right, I wasn't even going to touch him. Yeah, no. Doing him. But um, <clears throat> I honestly think that the Indianapolis Police Department was grasping at straws. Trying to close cases. It's a political year. Yeah. And they want things to go their way. Because during... Just like that reporter said. Yes. Right. No, I, I agree 100%. Because while they're not just voting for, like, the chief of police or, or whoever, you know, or the, the, the mayor or whoever does the chief of police bullshit. Yeah. Um, there's also bonds and measures um, that are getting voted on. You know? So you've got... Um, Oh, yeah. You know, uh, things that... You want things to go your way, so you're going to say you did this so that they go your way. And look how hard we're working. So the police department needs more money, which I do think that some police departments are underfunded. Oh, I do, too. But, I'll get into that on Thursday. But they're, they're, they're pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing for more bond measures. Right, 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 right. To right. get more and more money. Because, right. hey, at the end of the day, don't we all want a pay raise? Like, seriously. Yeah, true, true. And you know what? Granted, they do need to put more funds into uh, impoverished areas. I will get into that one on Thursday. I get on a huge soapbox there, too. Right, but and that's that's honestly, based on the information that you gave me, that's what I feel. And I think that the two that I had mentioned earlier, the one who's in his 30s, the one in the 40s, even though if they were gay, they don't fit the victimology. They don't fit the age range. And right. that's where I have a problem. And let's talk about Bowmeister for a second. You, you hit the nail on the head with that right there. He's killing and fucking dudes that are 20 and up. Yes. Okay, so what, mid-20s, I think, was Yeah, his? 20 was the youngest. And then, like, and then 46 was, was the oldest. Oh, 46 was the oldest. Yeah. Okay. So 20 to 46, that's still a good age that's range. That's a good age range. Yeah, because you know he, he was 40-something, so he, yeah. You know what's not in that age range? He's not fucking kids. He's not a 14, and he's not out killing a 14-year-old. Right, exactly. And here's these assholes sitting there trying to go, and I'm sorry if you're with the police department for Indianapolis and you're around when all this was going on. I'm sorry. But honestly, that's, an ad, that's a dick move. It it's is. A political it's a cop out. Dick move. You're you know, picking on a dude. And, who, yeah. The, the, the dude already fucked up. Okay. Right. And he's already discriminated 
yeah, not discriminated, but being looked down upon. Yes. And people going, ah, this guy's garbage. Let it be, But let's man. also make it clear. That when he picked up his victims, he didn't pick them up outside of the bars. He picked them up inside of the In, bar. I was going to bring that up. He, he was, he's an inside guy. He was an inside guy. He he's, didn't pick up the prostitutes on the street. He picked up the guys inside the bar. Right, exactly. So I wanted to get that straight, too. So that being said, if we accept the fact that Bowmeister is responsible for de- the deaths of the men that were found disposed of on his property, which, quite frankly, I don't, I, I'll say it again. I only say alleged because legally we have to. Right. Do we you we think, know what happened. Yeah. Do you think it's at all possible that he is the I-70 Strangler? And you just kind of answered that for me. Yeah, I'm going to go with so, no. Yeah. So considering, this is my wrench here, considering that the age demographic for the I-70 Strangler was aged 14 to 42, do you think it's possible that there's more than one person committing those murders? 100%. Because the victimology is so fucking yes. different. No serial killer I know will kill the pre the just starting pubescent. I can't remember what they're called. There's something files. And then you have the ones that have already established their adulthood. You know, the ones that still look like young boys and then ones that are established in adulthood. There's two different victimologies there. Right. And that, that's what I was going to bring up. You know, it, w- when we feature or research killers that do, that do children. Right. Sex acts with children. Anywhere from 12 to 16, 18 years old. That is the, yeah, that, that's the target. They don't usually go above that. Right. And Unless, people who target the 18 and up do not target the 14. With the few exceptions. Person. Like if you're, yeah. if, if they're like, they could be like 20, 21, 20, whatever. But if they look... Yeah, if act. they look like that, but not as yeah, old as 42. But, yeah, you're not going after no fucking 42-year-old. Yeah, and the guy who was 42 looks like a 42-year-old. Yeah, He's got, that's... I mean, the kind of drawn face, the mustache, all that. But the, the, the kind of weird thing is, like I said before, none of them have, you didn't mention that any of them were victimized. Like, as yeah. far as being raped or none molested. Of, no reports say anything about them being victimized. So my theory is, and I don't have this in my notes, but I should, is I don't think that they were being victimized for sexual preference. I think they were being targeted because they were homosexual and it was somebody killing homosexuals. That very well can be That's it. what I think. So you know where I would direct them to? The West, hate. No, the Westboro uh, Baptist, Baptist Church. Church. Hit him up, Charlie. <laughs> Guess what, Indianapolis? Just solved your case for you. You're welcome. You go get those bastards. It's probably them. But, um, <laughs> probably is. But oh, um, I thought you had a question for yeah, me. That's what I thought, too. Um, but, uh, you know, you know I, and I think you're correct, because what bothers me about them even looking at Bowmeister um, um, is Because it that, happened two um, years after he died. Not just that. They're specifically targeting him... Because he's gay. And that's the other thing. Bowmeister sexually assaulted his victims. He did. He did. There's sex involved. That's a fetish. Yeah, he was he was erotic asphyxiation, his, his so to, victims. So for the police department to sit there and try to nail him on this, on victims that had not been sodomized, okay? They had just been strangled. Right, there was no evidence. Fits. Yeah, there was no evidence of any sexual act performed. I mean, that I could find anywhere performed on any of these victims. Right. And to, Whereas the victims from before, the only known survivor said that they had sex. Right, you know, so for, for, for them to do that is... Honestly, disparaging him even more. It sickens me. Yeah, it sickens me because you know I, I, I defend like the gay community a lot. Yes, while I will make clear that I'm not part of the gay community. 
I no, believe neither that, am once I. Again, but still, love is love. Exactly. I believe anybody not. should live their lifestyle as long as they're not hurting anybody. So basically, sitting there and shitting on somebody because they're gay, going, "Well, it's a strangulation." He's not the only fucking strangler in the world. Strangulation's kind of been going on for more than a minute. <laughs> for more than just her Bowmeister. Right. Well, it's not like her Bowmeister was like, ta-da, first strangler ever. Dude, this has been going on for thousands of fucking years, and you want to nail him? On, on what premise? Outside of the strangulation. Like I said, nobody was raped. Right. No, there was no sex. Right. Nothing. Yeah, and you want to fucking nail yeah, him? They're basing the premise on the fact that A, they were, they were strangled, and B, they were homosexual. Yeah, no, that, that, that's Has ludicrous. nothing to do with it. Yeah, I, I believe totally, fully, 100%. I would bet my life on the fact that he is not guilty of these murders. Oh, yeah, that's, that, that's an easy one. Yeah. That's, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, right so there. here's my next question for you. If I said, do you think it's possible that we will soon feature another killer that will better fit the profile for these murders? I think we will. I think we will, too. We do so much research that I think that we might solve the case. Like, seriously. Well, and that's the thing, because, you know, we've actually kind of, even though we're not investigative reporters, we've started to get an inside in some of the departments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. it's like we can ask these questions, and it's not like it's just spitballing it. Right. You we, know? We're pretty fucking thorough, man. With yeah, the, with we the are pretty that we thorough. Talk to you, the, the research that we do, it's a little bit more in depth than most. Well, yeah, and when something doesn't look right, we will dig until it makes sense, or we will just say, you know, this is what it said, but this is why it doesn't make sense. Well, to you us. want to know why? Because we don't sit there and look at people like Herb Bowmeister. Oh, piece of cake it has to be Herb Bowmeister. Yeah, no, it has we don't. to be, right? We because don't. they were strangled. Well, no, because well, we're not idiots. When, no, and not just that. Not just that is. You and I, and often we have often said these words: when two plus two does not equal four, <laughs> you find out why. Exactly. You know, because two plus two always equals four. Exactly. And right now, her plus I seventy does not equal kill. Yeah, not even. Not even fucking close. Close. I and I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. I don't give a shit what you think. And I do say this though: if you're from that area, do you think you know who the suspect is? Ooh, yeah. I would like to hear from somebody from that era, area who know, who has heard about this like their whole life or was around at that time. Let me know who you think it is. Right. Because or your theories. I, they think it'd be conspiracy theories. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Dude, throw it at us. Throw it at us. We, we're down for conspiracy theories because we'll research it for you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I mean, we will dig our sources up and we will research it for you. But yeah, just let us know. So yeah, that is, that's all I have for this case. But... I mean, you kind of heard me on my soapbox for a minute there because I do not believe he was done. He did it I'm at just, all. I'm honestly just getting sick and tired of people picking on people because of their sexual orientation. And we don't right. see that so much today as far as law not enforcement. Not so much, but back then. But back in the 80s. And, yeah, and there's nothing I can do about it because it's well, already been done. But back in the, uh, from, from like the, the, the late 90s all the way back, it, it, this is what blows my fucking mind. Is we could be reading something about a dude who was a, a prolific killer. Killed 45 people with like a, a hatchet just making something up. And nothing sexual about it. Nothing like that. But Bob was a known homosexual in the area. Really? Who cares? Who cares? You know what I care about? I don't care about who he's fucking. I, I care, care about who he's killing. killing. <laughs> because he's gay. Dude, we started it. And, 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 here's, the reason. and here's the reason. Because of sex, somebody's sexual orientation right. doesn't make him a murderer. Precisely. Because somebody's a junkie doesn't make him a murderer. Doesn't make him a victim either. Yeah, it doesn't make him a victim. So don't throw out there because they were a fucking prostitute or a drug addict that, you know, they had it coming. No. Yeah, no. Fuck that shit. It's just that. 
I'm I will sorry. nip that right in the I, bud. I had to get on my soapbox because doing the no. research I am. Yeah. Because right now, like uh, I think I may have mentioned this before, I'm pretty deep into doing uh, Randy Kraft. Right. And uh, you're you know, deep into him right now. Like, Everything they mention about him, as well as uh, as Patrick Kearney, while both were sexually motivated, okay, they have to remind you that they were gay every freaking second that they're gay. Look, you said it once, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, we all get it. They were gay. Okay, pat yourself on the fucking back, but you don't have to tell me every three damn seconds. By the way, remember, he was gay and had a gay lover. Jesus Christ, man. If it doesn't play into the goddamn, uh, you know, uh, storyline of, of what's actually going yeah, on. Yeah, precisely. Tell, tell me once and pass it on. Precise. You know, and that's just it, too, is, you know, I don't know. I mean, what pisses me off is that a lot of times, you know, because we talked about in the Herb Bowmeister case that a lot of times even the deaths weren't looked into because the victims were gay. Yeah, exactly. Or sometimes I find, and I'm featuring it on Thursday, the deaths aren't really looked into because the victim was a prostitute or a drug addict. I don't give a shit. They were fucking human. Oh, well, look at my fucking Butcher Baker. Um, yeah. And I can't, I just listened to him. I can't remember his name. Uh, Robert something or other. Hanson. Hanson, that was it. Uh, he was uh, busted for assaulting a housewife and a hooker, and because and they made him a plea deal. Hey, if you plead guilty on the housewife for assault, we'll let you go on the hooker. We'll let you go on the hooker. Yeah, Folks, it's like they're treated as second-class citizens, and I'm sorry, their life is no more valuable than yours or mine. Folks, or less I, valuable. I want to leave you guys, and I'm going to shut the fuck up with this. But just a small message, man. Seriously, whether people are good people are bad whether they're in between whether they're gay straight bisexual non-sexual black white asian i don't care the thing is folks people are people exactly and do something good today for people please maybe say hi to a co-worker something nice for somebody for write a poem for a waitress like i did once oh my god that's awesome No, but seriously, like, just try to do an act of kindness yeah. and quit judging people. Fuck. But we all judge. We do all judge. But, but you know, I have found myself doing this, getting more and more pissed off at the affluent communities. So you're upset at me? What no, no. What did I do now? Not you specifically. I'm more upset about the fact that, you know, people talk about white privilege a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about affluent privilege gotcha now that i will give you that um, is that is where i'm at right now because I, I just i just d- got done with my thursday one and i am so pissed off right now i had a discussion with dawn this was years ago because we were we were talking about the same thing that let's say that um clay mm-hmm. you've met clay he works for me let's say that he went and he killed my annoying neighbors uh-huh okay if he gets busted, he's going to prison. He might get the death penalty Whether if it's at play. Yeah, even if he didn't even do it sometimes, you know? But, yeah, he's doing time. Yeah. And he'll probably, he'll, he, that's life sentence. Yeah. Now, let's flip that around. And this is prior to 2020, by the way, when my finances were way better than they are right now. Uh, let's say even that I, right now, they would still happen, so whatever. Probably. But let's say that I got pissed off and I went and I murdered him. That's a pretty big offense, huh? It's a capital offense. 
I would bet dollars to donuts that my attorneys, at the end of it, I'm probably going to get five years of probation. I might do a year. Yeah. I might. Yeah. Maybe. Because they'll call it manslaughter. And then they're going to go, okay, you know what? Try not to kill anybody anymore. Yeah. Because you know what the difference is? They will call it manslaughter. In your case, they'll call it fucking aggravated murder in his. Exactly. That's the the difference right there. The only difference is, and I've preached about this before on on other shows, um, that I don't believe that because of my financial status, that justice for me... Should be different than justice for me. Yeah, or Clay or anybody mm-hmm. else. You know, they, they keep on saying, uh, you know, justice is blind. and you No, know, it's the, not. The skills are, you no, know, it isn't. It's who has the biggest wallet. Mm-hmm. That's what it fucking comes down to. You go into that courthouse with a public defender, you are guilty before that judge even reads or the bailiff reads your fucking well, name. And you know why? I'll tell you why. Because the public defender has so many cases on their caseload that they don't even know what the fuck you're in there for as you're going to trial. They're like, okay, what case is this? I remember you telling me a story about that when, when, when you were being arraigned. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, granted, it's... You know, it works to my benefit, but it's not fair. Yeah. And I don't believe that will ever be yeah. fair. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that that wasn't my attorney at the time, but I'm telling you what, I have seen it. It's like they go, um, what case is this again? Um, um, I'm, I just got this on my desk this morning. You're going to trial today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, don't get me started. No, not that, I, not that I'm mad at you for being affluent. I'm just upset with the way the authorities look at the different, you know what I mean? How they treat the different communities. And, and, and I agree, you know. Uh, you were talking about white privilege earlier. I want to get my soapbox for a second on that one, and then we'll cut this off, uh, well, shortly after. Is, you know, and I've, I've heard that a lot from other uh, races. races. Yes. You know, well, you've got white privilege. That's why you're wealthy. No. Here's a little story about Scotty, folks. I come from dirt. Literally, yeah, dirt. I was raised so fucking poor that oftentimes we didn't even really even have food to eat. Yeah, much less being able to buy a new pair of shoes or clothes or shit like that. Right. The reason why I'm where I'm at now is because he worked his ass off, folks. I can give you a really easy. You want to make over a million dollars a year? Let me tell you how. You ready? First, you need to work a minimum. Of 16 hours a day. That's your minimum day. Seven days a week. For about five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years straight. Oh, shit. That's going to take me ten years to get there? And then, <laughs> and then occasionally, every once in a great while during there, uh, maybe every couple of months, you might get a day off. But you still got to put in a little bit of work. So you might only have to work five or six hours. And then, tons of nights of not sleeping. And then, just because you own a company, don't think that you are the boss. Because yeah. if the toilets need to be clean and there's nobody to clean them, guess who's the janitor? You. That's you. Guess who's the accountant when you start off? You. It's you. The bookkeeper, the booking agent, the tour manager, um, whatever you do, the, the luthier for your guitars. If you're a musician like myself, guess what, Jack? It's you, because you can't afford anything else. Right. You are everything. I, to this day, and I've been in business for a while, I work, and my son will even attest to this, I work about seven days a week, and occasionally I get a day off. Occasionally. And I still work during that day. I'll at least try to do something, because it just feels odd. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, I told you that one day when I was sick, and I laid down because my ulcer was acting up so bad that I couldn't even move. 
And I was like, you know what? I got to lay down. And then I go, fuck, I feel so guilty. I need to get up. Right. And I don't make a million dollars a year, by the way. I make uh, six figures, but it's not a million. No, but still. I mean, it, it just boils down to, yeah, because I feel guilty when I take some time off. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you see, you've seen me. I mean, I've done nothing but work for the last two days. I'll be honest, and this is for our listeners as well. I, got, I, I give Tammy credit off air a lot because, honest to God, for me, it's hard for me to ever find somebody who has my work ethic. And you, Miss Underwood, are fucking amazing. Amazing. Thank you. You work. I would say just as hard, if not even harder than I do. And I, I don't say that easily. Yeah. You're pretty freaking badass. Yeah, well, I'm in the middle of trying to settle something right now, too. But, you know, <laughs> you know, I'll get it done. So I'll eventually. Get it done. All right. Do we have anything else? No, for I'm I done with this strangler? one. I am done with the I-70 guy? strangler. Because and- remember, he was after gays. So, you know, he must be gay. Fucking idiot. No, I, be- I believe totally. And I said it in this episode, I believe totally that this is somebody who was targeting the gay community because they didn't, they, they were targeting him to get rid of them because there was no sexual component to the murders. Westboro Baptist Church. Just, just saying. Friend, just side note. And well, not just side note. Fun yeah, fact. Fun fact. <laughs> you just might want to look at them a little bit. Just yeah. trying to help them out. And I want Westboro to pick at me. I dare I them. That oh, <laughs> bring it, Westboro. Yeah, let's have some fun. <laughs> we don't cower. <laughs> no, no, no. You want to pick it, freaking soldiers? Come get me. That's fine. I don't That's right, shit. dude. Don't mess with the dead soldiers. Come get Scott. He's yeah. alive. Don't get me. I'm alive. I'm not even a soldier, man. I'm just a. I'm just a fucking trained monkey with a guitar. That's right. All right. Yeah. This has been Brutal Nation. Sorry that we went on a tangent, but uh, that's just part of the show. You know what you you knew the job was dangerous when you took it. That's right. You knew what you were getting into when you hit the play button. Damn it! That's <laughs> right. Remember that you can send us an email, even if you're from the Westboro Baptist Church, to bitch at me at brutalnation.cast at gmail.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. And since and I keep saying this, and Tammy reminded me of a different thing that I'll throw in here too. Uh, because we all do shop on uh, Amazon, click that Amazon button and uh, link through our webpage because it helps out the show a lot. And if you uh, enjoy blogs, we post our blogs to a source called Medium. There's a subscribe right. button on our on Go our to page. At Brutal Nation on on Medium. Oh, Search is that how you get there? At Brutal Nation, we have our own page. I thought we had a link on our page, too. Not yet. I'm, oh, I'm working on that because we just got it, so I haven't got it up on our page So yet. let me try to unfuck that one up. No. Just go to Medium, search at Brutal Nation. You'll pull up our articles. Read them. You know, if you like them, subscribe to, I mean, become a member on Medium. It's $5 a month. You know, really helps us out. Excellent. And it's an excellent source for a lot of information that on it really any is. subject. I was even talking to, to our IT guy today, uh, John, and he uses Medium for a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. Like he says, man, I get article after article off of there. Yeah. And I use it even for our other show, the Scotty and Squatch show. I've used it for that, too. For Florida men things. It's got to yeah, be for Florida. Yeah, I'm telling you. Love but, Florida. yeah, so there's information on there for everything. Right. Well, because yeah, yeah, I'm sure people like things besides serial killers. So, there yeah. you go. Well, you know. <laughs> Not everybody's as demented as we are. No. No, that's true. But, you know, I'm not uh, murdering gay guys. Side note. Side note. No, neither am I. I'm just murdering fat, 
fat man with a guitar. That's it. That's right, man. So now she's admitted it. So you know what happened to me. <laughs> All right. This show has been copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We look forward to talking to you guys. You guys take care. And like I said, try to be kind to one another. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.